Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Tonto, the masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness have come down to us through the generations. And nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past and the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver, the Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow! I'm Silver! There were five men in the valley of the big river who knew that Charlie Crane was dead. Two of these men sat in a small room in the town of Stapleton discussing the murder in low tones. A third and fourth man crouched outside the window of the room, listening. The fifth man, to share the knowledge of Crane's death, was several miles away, unaware of the activities of the other four. Inside the small room, Fox Bailey closed the drawer of his desk and locked it. Then Bailey spoke to his partner, Dobie Weiler. Forty thousand iron men, Dobie. They're going to stay right here under lock and key until everything blows over. You mean we don't get to use none of that dough? Isn't that what I said? What? Sure. Sure, that's what you said. And that's what I mean. Oh. You see, soon as the law finds out Charlie Crane's dead, there'll be 16 different varieties at Tin Star looking for this money. 
Local sheriff's posse, United States Marshals men, detectives, government men. Well, the question is, how long is it going to take them to find out Charlie Crane is dead? Not too long, I reckon. Not the way we got things fixed now. Uh, I hope you're right. Sooner or later, some wandering cowpoke will come along. And then the news will be out, spreading like wildfire. There'll be a big hullabaloo for a spell, and then it'll be all over. (laughs) That's one thing we can be sure about, eh, Fox? Sure. Everyone's going to know that Charlie Crane was toting 40,000 bucks. And that's lots of cash for anyone to be carrying. Well, the sooner it starts, that hullabaloo you mentioned, the better I'm going to like it. It means that the sooner it starts, the sooner it's going to die down. After no one finds the money. Ain't no one going to find it. I reckon we got that fixed. And if ever comes a time we need more, I figure we... Oh, hey, hey, make one the... move and it'll be your last. The masked man. I want the key for that desk. Otto, get around back of them and get their guns. Then tie them up. Uh-huh. Me get them. Hey, now, wait a minute. If you're figuring to make off with the... Hey, wait. You're an owl hoot the same as us. How about making a deal? That's what I came here for. I'm making my own deal. Now, let's have that key. No. All right, I can get by without it. Blasted the lock right off in your desk. Oh, you blame fool. Hey, now, wait a minute. Hold on, fella. Sorry, I haven't time. Otto, can you handle these men? Uh, I'll get them tied now. Tie them well, then go to the livery and get their horses. Take them to Jim Starr, the marshal at Kingston. the Big Four Rancho, there were people who did not know of the death of Charlie Crane. In the great sprawling main room of the ranch house, Steve Crane and his daughter Julie were seated comfortably, talking with Benjamin Packett, the owner of the Drover's Bank at Melford, some 40 miles away. Go on, Ben. I reckon it's plain enough what you want to say. Well, ain't nothing different from what I've said before, Steve. Still worried about your money? Oh, no, no, don't. on your hide. You think I'd worry about money coming from you? It's just that... Well, confound it, Steve, you know the spot I'm in. No, I can't say as I do. Well, look now. Let's say you've got a couple of hundred dollars you ain't using. And you want to put it in my bank and let it draw interest, see? Now, wait. If you're going to start spouting mathematics, you don't need me in here. You can confab over that with Julie. Go ahead, Mr. Packett. Dad won't admit it, but a little financial education might help a lot. Oh, finance, finance, sure. All I know about finance is that... If I've got a cow worth $60 and she raises half a dozen calves and I feed them out for, say, $30 a head and sell them for 60 apiece, I'm making money. That is finance, Daddy. Ah, used to call it beef business when I was a youngster. Oh, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Ben. Go ahead with what you were saying. Well, the point I wanted to make is that the money in my bank doesn't belong to me personally and it doesn't belong to the bank even though we're responsible for it. Well, I'll be dogged. Here I've always figured you was a rich man, Ben. Now you up and tell me there ain't a dime of that money on. Oh, Daddy's just teasing, Mr. Packer. Yeah, me, I can't never tell when he's joshing or making straight talk. Now, <laughs> uh, Steve, that money I loaned you wasn't mine. It belongs to the depositors. And right now I got a lot of depositors pulling out for the gold fields to the west. And they're drawing out what cash they've got. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. So, you see, I got to get that money back. Or at least the biggest part of it. And I got to have it now. You're more pestering than a carpetbagger, Ben. Now, tell me. 
Have I ever played anything but straight with you? No, never. All right. Then didn't I tell you last week that my boy Charlie was in the East and that he was heading back here with money enough to pay off that note and more? Sure, sure you told me, Steve. But when is that boy of yours figured to get back? You heard from him? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, where's that postcard we got, Julie? The one with the picture of the Brooklyn Bridge on it. Doggone Ben, you ought to see that bridge. Don't seem possible they could ever get up manpower enough to swing the blame thing into place. <laughs> you old silly, you. Huh? They didn't swing the Brooklyn Bridge into place. <laughs> they built it piece by piece right across the East River. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, where's the car? I'm sure Mr. Packett has seen many pictures of the Brooklyn Bridge. That's right, Julie. The message simply said that Charlie was leaving for home. The card was dated Monday of last week. So you see, the boy ought to be home any time. Might arrive tomorrow. He has to leave the stage at Bessemer Springs and cut across country by horseback, you know. Mm, so many people coming west these days, the stage lines might be a bit crowded. The main thing is, Ben, you ain't got nothing to worry about on that money, see? Well, I just I managed to raise the money in the Maybe. east. And it ain't going to be more than a day or so, two days at the most, before Charlie returns. You and me will straighten up the whole thing. I'll fetch the money over to you in Melford the same day he gets back. What? what? Dad, look. Who's this? A masked What the blue blazes? Who are you, mister, and what's your business? I stood here for a minute and heard you discussing the return of your son, Charlie. Well, what about it? What's that got to do with... What do you want here? I came to tell you that your son won't be back, Mr. Crane. Won't be... Dad. I'm sorry to be the one to bring bad news. What bad news are you talking about? What's... What's happened to my son? I heard you mention that he would leave the stage at Bessemer Springs and come across country by horseback. Well, now look here, outlaw. Just what are you trying to say about Charlie Crane? What's happened? A friend of mine and I found Charlie Crane's body early this morning. <gasps> up in the hills, about 30 miles from Kingston. No. No, Charlie. You... You found his body? Yes. It was lying close by the trail, near the foot of Beckett's Pass. By the trail? What? Listen, Mr. Mask Man, I got one question to ask. Was there anything else you found with my boy's body? Nothing except a wallet which had a few papers of identification. My son was carrying a considerable sum of money. Yes, yes, I know. $40,000 in cash. What? How come you don't know that? You just said that you didn't find nothing on him but a few papers. Dad, are you blind? This man is an outlaw, a killer. Can't you see? He must have killed Charlie and taken the money. Of all the unmitigated gall to come here Just and... Just a moment. I'm not in the habit of telling lies. Then you better talk fast, mister. If you think you can get away with something as brazen as this, you're mistaken. As I've already told you, my friend and I found Charlie Crane's body. There were two trails leading away from the scene of the killing and... Mm. Mighty fancy story you're making up for our benefit. Two trails, indeed. I suppose you ain't got any idea who made those trails... You with a mask on your face. We followed one and lost it. It was made by a single rider. Sure. You followed the trail and lost it. We returned and took up the other trail. It led us to Stapleton, where we found the two men we were looking for. Oh, you, you found them? This moment, my friend is taking them to Kingston. Kingston? Why, that's 20 miles from Stapleton. Why don't you turn them over to the sheriff at Stapleton? Your son was murdered in Marshal Jim Starr's territory. The prisoners belong to him. <laughs> Of all the crazy yarns I ever Who are these killers you claim to have captured? We've captured two of them. There may be a third partner at large. I, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure you're not one of the killers yourself. At first you said Charlie carried nothing but a few papers of identification. 
And in the next breath, you say you know that he was carrying $40,000 in currency. How would you know that? Oh, nobody knew about that money except Julie and me, Mr. Packett here, and Charlie, of course. You people are so determined to disbelieve what I tell you. You're not listening very closely to what I say. Didn't I tell you we'd captured two of the men who murdered your son? Sure. Sure you did. Said you caught him in Stapleton. I suppose you just trailed the horses they was riding right into town, huh? Well, that would be rather difficult. We did trail them to the edge of town, however. Then we found the horses we were looking for. Pretty well lathered. Delivery stable. Huh? Oh. We also found out who the horses belonged to, where the owners lived. Does that make sense to you? Who were these two fellows? A couple of cheap crooks named Fox Bailey and Dobie Wyler. Why, I know them sidewinders. You mean to say that... Oh, no. You're playing some slick game, mister. I'm not sure just what a it is... A moment ago, you were trying to figure out how I knew your son was carrying a large sum of currency. And I still am. Well, I'm heading for Stapleton right this minute. And don't think I'm afraid of those guns you're packing. What do you want from Stapleton? To get the sheriff and set him on your trail, that's what. For robbery and murder. Go ahead, Ben. You can take my fastest horse. I'll help you handle this varmint. Oh, wait a minute. There. You'll examine that package, Mr. Crane. You'll find $40,000 in large denomination bills. It's the money that was taken from your son. Where in blazes did you get it? And why? It's the money. And of course this man got it from Bailey and Wyler. Then, then you were telling the truth right from the start. Well, huh? You can go to the sheriff now, Mr. Packett, and tell him that two of the murderers are in the custody of Marshal Starr, or soon will be. He might be interested in helping to find the third man. I will. Believe me, I will. Steve, I'll help you find that third armory if it takes every dime I own. Thanks, Ben. And you, masked man, I, I don't know how to thank you right now. But are you aiming to help me find the third man responsible for my son's murder? I haven't another plan in the world, Mr. Crane. But, Dad, he brought you the money and you didn't even offer to reward him. You didn't even reward ask... Reward a man like that? With what? Money? Julie, you don't savvy the makeup of a man like I do. The cash reward to that fellow would be nothing less than an insult. Oh, you leaving, Ben? Yes, I'm going for the sheriff, Steve. Oh, Dad, it's all so sudden. I can't believe the child. Yeah, there now, Julie. We've got to brace up. That's that's the thing Charlie'd want us to do, ain't it? That and to find the men who murdered him. And that we're going to do, Julie. I promise you. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Now to continue our story. At the small building on the outskirts of the town of Stapleton, the Indian Tonto had returned from the livery stable with two horses to carry his prisoners. Quickly, the red man forced them to mount and secured them to the saddles. The three riders started for Kingston. Then, after riding for some time... Hey, Injun. Uh, it's powerful hard to keep on riding steady like this. But our hand's tied. How about a stop for a rest? Uh, we can untie our hands, maybe. Get a little exercise. 
Rest would sure go good right now. You'll have plenty of time to rest after you get in jail. Now keep going. Say, maybe you wouldn't mind telling us that seems you got us hogtied like this. We're heading for jail anyway. We ain't gonna be hogtied long. Oh, sir. Not after I spill what I know to that United States Marshal. Uh, what was you asking that engine? Well, I figured maybe you wouldn't mind telling us who was that mask hombre that busted into your place. Oh. Yeah. While you're at it, you might tell us how come you and the masked hombre caught up with us. Fox. Yeah? You know, I've been thinking. We uh, kind of had a third partner in on that money deal. Uh, we're going to have a third partner in jail. As soon as I tell that marshal what I know. Well, I've been wondering. You suppose he went and squealed? You suppose it was him put the masked man in the engine after us? Yeah. You not worry about that. No one send Lone Ranger after you. Send the Ranger? Hey, you mean to say that fellow was... Well, I'll be holding this for... Oh, 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 look out. It's an ambush. Somebody up in the hills behind those rocks. Oh, get him up, scout. Ambush fella. Just up ahead. Him hiding rocks. Oh, oh, scout. To camp. Back to camp. Bart Kramer heard the hoofbeats of a hard-running horse stopping fast in the street before his office and looked out to see Ben Packett dismount and hurry across the boardwalk toward the door. Sheriff, Sheriff, young Charlie Crane's been murdered. What? Yes. He was coming from Bessemer Springs where he'd left the stagecoach to cut cross-country. He was murdered, Sheriff, and robbed of $40,000. What the blazes was young Crane doing with $40,000? Where'd he get it? It was money belonging to me. That is, money his old man had raised in the East. Well, I'll be dog. Steve gone. got the money, though. A masked man fetched it out to him. Said he got it from Fox Bailey and Dobie Weiler. That pair. You mean they was the ones that killed young Charlie? That's right. This masked fella, he got the jump on him. And right now, they're on the way to Marshal Jim Starr in Kingston. Starr, huh? Masked man had a friend taken there while he returned this money to Steve Crane. Well, for the love of Pete, what's there left for me to do? The money's returned, the killers are captured and on the way to jail, according to you. Well, according to this fellow who captured him, he says there was a third man in on the killing, see? Yeah? Of course, he ain't sure. But him and Steve Crane wanted me to come to tell you, so you could get a posse out and start a search. Well, of all the... Now, listen, Ben, you sit down and get your breath for a minute. Yeah. And then tell me what the blazes this is all about. Sure, sure, Sheriff. gone if this ain't been the most peaceful county in the territory for ten years. And now, in the last six months, it's got to be the orneriest, the meanest, the law-breakingest. Now, go on, Ben. Well, tell me the whole story, then I'll see about getting the posse. It was nearly dark. The masked rider of justice had just finished a whirlwind ride from the town of Melford was returning to his camp where he expected to find his companion, Tonto, awaiting him. Oh, Silver Fool, said the big fella. <clears throat> Strange, Tonto isn't here. Had more than enough time to get to Kingston back since I left him in Stapleton. What's the matter, big fella? Steady. A scout coming now and something's wrong. Come on, Silver. 
Carlo, what's happened, Kimo Sabe? Ambush on, on way to King's. Here, let me help you, horse guard. <coughs> Ugly scalp wound. Uh, found a going plenty fast when fellas shoot. Ambush fella. Kill both Bailey and Weiler. Shoot them first. Tonto going plenty fast when him shot. Probably the only reason you weren't killed, too. Not right. There's only one man who could have been responsible for the ambush. Only one man would have a reason to want Bailey and Weiler killed. You mean third fella we look for? No, not a case of looking any longer, Tonto. Uh, what you mean, Kimasabi? I'm practically certain who the third man is. Come on, let's get over to the camp. I'll get some clean bandage and hot water and take care of that scalp wound. <clears throat> Come, Silver Scout. I'll tell you what I found out in Melford. And I'm going to leave you here and make a quick trip to Stapleton. And you be plenty careful. Maybe them think you, with mask, you third man in killing of Charlie Crane. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, let me make you comfortable, Toto. <laughs> called a posse, was arguing with some of the men when the masked man rode boldly up the main street toward the jail. Sheriff, you're a local, starting out with a posse just when it's getting dark. I ain't asking for no advice from none of you fellas. All I ask you was if you wanted to ride with a posse and you said yes. Well, sure, of course we do. Charlie Crane was a mighty good friend to every man here, but you can't find no killer in the dark. And I don't aim to. But if we start now, we can get to the scene of the murder and be there when daylight comes. Ready to start with fresh horses. Now, does that make sense to you, dimwits? Well, all right, then. Let's get started. What in the name of... Hey, look at that rider come. Sure is coming like the ground was on fire under that horse. Hey. Oh, Silver, hold on, hold on. An owl hooter. Now, wait a minute, all of you. I've been hearing about this fellow with a mask. And if he's an owl hoot, he's the kind I ain't never met before. Sheriff Kramer. Yeah? Why isn't your posse riding for what? Say, you got a nerve asking a question like that. You've had time enough to make up half a dozen posses. Oh, I have, have I? Say, ain't you the fellow that Bank of Ben Packard was telling me about? You the one captured Fox Bailey and Dobie Weiler? Well? And the same Jasper that got back Steve Crane's money, $40,000, and returned it to him? Yes, my friend and I did that. Yeah, Packard said you had a sidekick who was taking Bailey and Weiler over to Jim Starr at Kingston. Fox Bailey and Dobie Weiler are dead. Dead? Oh, they were murdered I'm... from ambush, Sheriff, by the same man who murdered Charlie Crane. Well, I'll be doggone. Well, what about your friend? He was wounded, but he'll be all right within a few days. I ask you a question, Sheriff. Why in this posse riding? Well, confounded man, we didn't hear about Charlie Crane's death till banker Ben Packett came and told me not more than an hour ago. How long do you think it takes to round up a posse? That's all I wanted to know. You won't need the posse, Sheriff. Won't need it? What do you mean? Did you say that Ben Packett came and told you about Crane's boy being killed? Sure, sure I did. And then, where'd he go? When did he leave here? Why, left here about ten minutes ago. Said he had some business to home in Melford, or else he'd have wanted to go with us. So I told him to get along. If you like, you can send a couple of deputies after him in Melford, but I don't think they'll find him there. Well, now, what in tongues to sense it? Say, what would I be sending anybody after Ben Packard for anyway? Because he's the man who murdered Charlie Crane. He also killed Fox Bailey and Dobie Weiler. Oh, you're loco to the Maverick Come on, Sheriff. You can ride with me if you like. I'm going after the killer of Charlie Crane. Now, hold on, masked man. You can't go just accusing people of murder and robbery. I can if I can prove what I say. Are you coming with me? I love all that. Of course I'm coming with you, but where? To Steve Crane's ranch. 
You better pick a fast horse if you intend to keep close to me. Yeah? Well, what's the rush? If we don't get there before Ben Packett does, you'll have a couple more murders on your hands. Well, I'm ready. Come on, Silver. Get up there. ranch house, Steve Crane was awakened by a persistent rapping at the front door. And a moment later, was shuffling across the floor in slippered feet. Oh, just a minute. Just a minute. Well, howdy, Ben. Come on in. Uh, howdy, Steve. What in thunder brings you back here at this time of night? Steve, I've got to have that money. What? Oh, sure. Sure, you can have the money, but I didn't think you was in such a confounded hurry that you couldn't wait until morning. Uh, get it for me, will you, Steve? Yeah. I, I, I'm in a hurry. Uh, is Julie around? Who is it, Daddy? It's Ben Packer, Julie. He's come after the money to cover that note. What? My goodness, he certainly must be in a hurry. Oh. Hello, Mr. Packet. I, uh, I am in a hurry. Now, if you don't mind, I... Here it is. I don't mind saying you're acting mighty strange, Ben. Mighty strange. Here. You want to count it? No, that won't be necessary, Steve. Uh, no. You just give me the mortgage papers. I'll that sign. won't be necessary either, Steve. Oh, a gun. Yes. You see, I'm going to cancel that mortgage for both of you in a different way than you'd figure. <laughs> oh, oh, my. All right, Sheriff. Come on in. Why, what the. All right, now, Steve. Thanks for the mask, man. Oh, you. You pack it, quit your sniveling, and try these handcuffs on for size. I was afraid we'd have a hard time getting a confession from you, Packet. But after what just happened, I imagine you're willing to talk. What? What put you on to me? Several things. You were surprised yesterday morning when I said Charlie Crane's body had been found on the trail. Surprised because you knew you had disposed of the body in a deep ravine. Go on. You left here tonight to go to the sheriff in Stapleton. Took three hours getting there. Three hours during which Fox Bailey and Dobie Wyler were murdered. My friend was wounded. You're pretty smart, huh? You're going to be convicted for the murder of Charlie Crane, Packet. So you may as well talk. What part did Bailey and Wyler play in the killing? They had nothing to do with it. I killed young Crane. Knew he was coming from the stage route at Bessemer Springs. I waited for him, met him on the trail and shot him. Got the money and rolled him into a ravine. Only he wasn't quite dead like I'd thought. Go on. Wyler and Bailey just happened along. Found him, moved his body up on the trail. He asked them to tell his father about the money and uh, about me. Well, instead, they came to me, demanded I turn over the money to them. Which you did, huh? Yeah, had no choice. Sheriff, I ain't never been a man of violence. Never killed a man in my life. But if you don't get this skunk out of here... Come on, Packet. You had a slick scheme to steal a fortune, get possession of the best ranch in the valley. You lost on both counts. I lost because of the mask man. An outlaw who had a fortune in his hands and was dumb enough to return it. I wouldn't call him dumb if I was you, Packet. And I wouldn't call him no outlaw either. Not the Lone Ranger.
just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Thank <laughs> you.